Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. James Redfield said, We have to transcend our own negativity and vulnerability and work from our own inner security. This is episode 29 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Michael Leonard. As a kid, he would face people picking on him a lot, mainly because of his size. This would give him a constant drive to prove people wrong, which would give him an ego that caused more problems than solutions. It might have seemed like it was helping him because he'd have no problem climbing up in his career, but eventually he'd realize that it wasn't really what he wanted. Throughout the past few years, he's taken a deep dive and really looked within himself. His realization that his past had left him with low self-esteem has allowed him to grow and become more vulnerable. When he finally decided to leave the six-figure corporate career, he figured it would take no time to become a successful entrepreneur. He took a swing at a few different ventures and thought he'd found his calling when he started blogging about personal finance. Then, he realized although he was enjoying the writing part, blogging wasn't the most profitable way to go about it. That's when he discovered freelance writing, and is now finding the success and freedom he was looking for. Now he's offering freelance writing coaching and has started his own podcast called Inspire Your Success. At the end of the day, he wants to help as many people as he can find a way to gain more financial and personal freedom in their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Michael Leonard. Hey, Michael, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Um, This happened pretty quick, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I I only started following you maybe about a month or so ago. We had that uh, quick phone call to discuss freelance writing. And then I was like, hey, well, why don't you come on the podcast? And you accepted. So glad to have you here. Glad to have you share your story with my listeners. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thank you again for the opportunity. I uh, really was uh, on an initiative to uh, to jump on more podcasts this year, so I think that aligned perfectly. Oh, there you go. Uh, so the first question I like to ask every guest is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Vulnerability. Well, I, I think that that's something that I've recently really um, adopted in, in my life and uh, in my business because I feel like vulnerability is really a superpower if you know how to use it. And uh, to me, it's just uh, not being scared to share. And uh, it's putting yourself out there, even when you know people are going to judge you or, you know, have thoughts about you or whatever. It's, it's getting yourself in the best uh, possible position to succeed. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, so I, I'm going to repeat myself over and over again, because every episode I say sort of the same thing after, which is that everybody's definition is different. But what I really like about yours, because I've never heard it said that way before, is that you look at vulnerability as a superpower. I've had people say they look at it as a strength and so on, but never as a superpower. So I, I appreciate that one. And although I don't know if I'll release the video along with this, it, it <laughs> kind of makes sense considering you've got a, a Batman poster behind Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I got uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Batman, and the uh, Zelda shield. So uh, <laughs> my, first, my first blog was actually supermillennial.com. So uh, it was all about being a superhero. So yeah, huge fan. <laughs> thank, thank God Marvel and DC just keep making those movies for me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So what would you say um, would be your earliest memory of facing a situation of struggle or, or vulnerability in your life first uh, struggle or vulnerability because <laughs> they're a little, I feel like they're probably a little different in my case 
Yeah, no, and I mean, uh, again, defined by everybody differently. Mm. So whichever way you want to look at it. We'll yeah, just- I would say uh, for me, one of the earliest memories that I can think of uh, is I grew up really just, uh, I was very short. I was 4'10 when I went into high school, um, 5'10 now. So I, I literally grew a foot in high school. But uh, yeah, I definitely got picked on a lot. Uh, was yeah, I don't want to say that I was like bullied to like, the, I wasn't like getting beat up behind the school or anything. But definitely I heard it. And uh, I think that definitely played a part. Uh, developed a little bit of an ego there and, and uh, a complex sometimes and just felt like, you know, li- life's going to be hard. And it, it created some stories uh, that I think the last few years I've really worked out and uh, not let define me anymore. And I think that uh, that happens with a lot of people, you know, we have these early childhood things and struggles and we, we keep them the rest of our lives. And so one of my biggest initiatives the last year, two years really has been to uncover some of those things and, and really just peel back some layers. So that way I can figure out more of who I am so that way I'm not you know showing up from my past and, and really just trying to create my future from from today oh awesome uh, it's it's I'm glad that you've done that work because not everybody one thing I've been saying to a lot of, of people recently just because over the last couple of years of my own life I've been doing some work as well and, and I think that a lot of people are afraid of doing that work and if more of us would accept the fact that you know we still have space to grow and we still need to do things to grow we'd all be a little bit happier and better off. But again, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think that a lot of people avoid it. I know I did for a long time uh, because it is, it is challenging. You know, you are going to uncover some things that you don't want to think about and you will have to face yourself in the mirror and really have some conversations with yourself. You probably never had before. And uh, it, it is challenging. You are going to feel, feel some things. You're going to experience some feelings you might not have felt. You might've buried them for a while. You might've just hit them, put them, you know, compartmentalized them, whatever it is. And so, yeah, I think it is definitely uh, challenging, but I, I think entrepreneurship for me really allowed that. And I, I remember a quote from uh, Ed Milet, a really big speaker and uh, influencer and everything. And he said, uh, entrepreneurship is the greatest form of personal development there is. And because usually you've been running from someone yourself. And so, uh, you know, when you start to own your destiny and create your future and no one's telling you what to do, if you're not the right person, you're not going to show up as the right person for your audience, for your business. And so it, it forced me to do it. Had I worked for someone the rest of my life, I'm not sure I ever would have. So even though it is tough, once you get through it, and again, you're never, I don't think really fully, you know, hundred percent ready and you're hundred percent cured or whatever, if you will, you're always trying to get better and improve. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you get to a certain point, you'll really look back and be proud of yourself. Uh, and you'll, you'll just develop a lot of grit. And I, I don't think a lot of people go through that just because they do see that, uh, that discomfort at the beginning. No, I completely agree. I mean, I think a lot of us are sort of stuck in our comfort zones and, and when it starts to get uncomfortable again, that fear and everything kicks in. And, but I, I would agree with you in terms of that, you know, when you get uncomfortable, when you sort of face that discomfort, that's where you're going to see the the real growth. So um hundred percent agree with everything you had to say. So, you know, the, the bullying and everything that you talked about in high school and how, how would you say that you overcame it? Like what helped you? I know you said you've done some work recently, but in that time specifically, what, do you, what would you say you did to help you sort of overcome the bullying and, and the things that were, were happening at that time? I'd say the one good thing that really came from it is I did develop a sense of uh, I can do it and I'm, I'm not going to let anyone tell me what I can or can't do. And so for me, that meant always showing up and never giving up. And uh, a lot of people, I feel like it's easy to just kind of retreat back and and just like get out of it and and not really address it. But for me, I just kind of wore it as a badge of honor. Like 
things aren't going to come easy for me. I'm going to get made fun of, but I'm just going to do it anyways. And uh, I think that was a really uh, big part of just like became part of my identity at that point. And, and for a while, it really did serve me. It allowed me to, uh, to, to grow and, and to get through it. Literally, it helped me grow, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, that, that was really it. And then, you know, I've kind of always carried that with me. And, and it's a good thing now because it's like, I'm, I'm not going to give up. Like things haven't always been easy when you start a business. There's so many ups and downs no one will tell you about. And even if you do know about them, you're still not going to avoid all the, all the downs, right? So for me, I've just kind of always had that with me. And I had that like little, little kid, that high school kid still in, in, in that good sense of, Hey, I'm ready to do it for a while. I still kind of carry around some negative stories, I think from it, but now I just use that part of it. That's like, Hey man, this kid is not going to quit. He's not going to give up. And eventually if you just keep knocking on that door, it's going to come down. So it seems like to me, I guess the, the two words I would pull from that um, would be you gained a lot of resilience in your life and some confidence. It sounds like. Yeah, I would say persistence is probably the biggest thing for me um, is I just I refuse to give up when I really want to achieve something and uh, I'll learn random things. I'll, you know, hire a coach. I'll do anything I can to you know make it to that end point once I have my mind on that goal. And I think that persistence really did come from a, a younger age. Oh, awesome. So. I guess like the, the the next question, it's one that I'm still trying to formulate a little bit better, but the, the one thing I want to try and get from people um, is sort of, you know, wh what sort of toll would you say that going through those things took on you, like emotionally, physically, whatever it might be, um, just because I want to give people an idea of, uh, you know, each person that listens to this is going to have a different struggle or vulnerability or whatever it might be that they faced. And, you know, I just like to get an idea from my guests sort of how it affected them so that, you know, people can relate a little bit more. So I don't know if you can share a little bit more on that. And then as well, if you have any other stories, you know, from high school or, or moving forward in your life that you wouldn't mind sharing in terms of, you know, vulnerable situations that you faced, I, I'd love it if you'd share. Yeah, I mean, for me, it really was like, I had a pretty low self-esteem for a while. I, I really had uh, some moments where, you know, I was... I had a, I had a very good life. I have great parents, uh, had a really good support system. So, I mean, I had, I had a lot of that, but inside internally, I think sometimes I would, I would definitely beat myself up and uh, that carried for a while. I mean, that, that still kind of negatively affected me throughout my late teens or and twenties. Um, and again, I think really it, it didn't start changing and, and I just didn't start using and understanding all of it until the last few years when I really became a personal development writer and started learning, uh, you know, just a lot of different ways to understand your thoughts and break down your old stories and reprogram your mind for success and all those things. So um, as far as a, like a specific example of vulnerability, I think as a writer, um, that's lately what I've been doing a lot. And it's really been resonating because I think for a while I was always trying to uh, be be like uh, appearing, I guess, as if, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just this real squared away guy. He's always got, got it all figured out. And I realized that the, the, the more vulnerable that you are with people, the, the more people resonate because no one is perfect. And all these people, not all these people, but some people are out there, they are trying to act like their life is just perfect. Every single thing is unbelievable. And I did that for a while too, because I was scary to share hey, I wasn't making that much money or hey, I wasn't growing my blog or all these other things. But you're, you're trying to like, it's kind of like a push and pull, right? So for me, it was, I, I just share my deepest, darkest things now on Medium and my email list on social media, because people resonate with that. And 
you know, a quote I always see is like, you, you never know who you're inspiring with your actions. So I know that even if one post doesn't get a ton of likes or something, and it is really vulnerable or one story I write on medium or something, I know that maybe one person out there is like, wow, that guy understands me. I like, I really understand. Like I, I understand where he's going and I've been there. Or I, I am there right now, but there is a, a way to get better or evolve. So I think that's for me. I mean, being a writer is, is challenging. You, you put your work out there, people are going to judge you. And uh, if you're not mentally equipped for it, then you're going to, you're going to have a lot, of, you're not going to feel like you're good enough and you're not going to put out your work that could change the world. So it is really important to have that belief system and foundation set up. So that way you can be vulnerable. You can share because you're only one article, one video, one podcast away from literally shifting your entire life. But if you're too scared to be vulnerable and really put it all out there, you know, the world will never hear your voice. And so that to me was something I did for years. I just hid, I tried to play it, play it safe and play small. Now I'm just putting it all out there. Um, kind of like Eminem and the eight mile, you know, just getting his all, all his stuff out there before anyone can get to it. And I think that that is powerful because no one's perfect and no one wants to work with perfect people, follow perfect people. So if you show your vulnerabilities, your mistakes, I think that people are really going to resonate and then you can really impact the world. No, I, man, everything you said there, um, that's hit home with me because it's the same sort of philosophy that I took and I learned when I started putting out content on LinkedIn specifically a couple of years ago when I started putting out articles about my personal life. At first, you're like, crap, like, what am I doing? Is this okay to share? Like, is people going to think I'm weird? Mm -hmm. And then you realize, no, because there's other people that have been through your situation. So talking about, like you said, people being able to relate, I, I think that's huge. And that's why I like getting a little more in depth in these stories that people share on my podcast, because I want to make these episodes relatable because every episode so far has been different. Some people have dealt with health issues. Some people have dealt with family issues, personal, whatever it might be. And so the more relatable it can be, the better. And then the other part that I think was huge that you mentioned there is the fact that you might put an article or a post out there and you might only get two or three likes, but there's that one person that might be majorly impacted by it. And that's literally my goal right now with my podcast is that each episode impacts at least one listener, mm -hmm. not 10, not a hundred, not thousand, one. And so I think if you keep that in mind, no matter how large we grow, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, your, your blog that grows or your podcast or, or mine or whatever, as long as you keep that in mind that there's always going to be that one person that you, you have the chance to impact. I think that's, that's huge. So um, and something to add on to that too, because I, I, I got um, to a place at the end of last year with my podcast where I didn't feel like I was, I, I didn't have this, this whatever downloads that I wanted to have, or I didn't feel like I was making that impact. And I was actually talking to a friend at one of these uh, mastermind events that I was at. And she's like, you know, your podcast is, is successful. She's like, you know, the, you're defining success by people emailing you and telling you how much it's affecting them. Most people aren't going to do that. Sure. Some people will. So I think that's important too, is that we, we want this validation sometimes and we want to get it in forms of likes and comments and emails and of course signups and sales and all that stuff. But sometimes you are doing a lot more behind the scenes, but in the beginning too, it's especially hard when you start a new podcast, start a new blog, start anything new. No, you're going to hear crickets and <laughs> It, it sucks. It, it, it can feel really hard if you, if you think, oh, wow, I thought this was going to happen instantly. And man, this is really tough. And you get down on yourself, right? So for me, it's just understanding that you have to stay consistent and persistent because eventually it will start to 
create that snowball effect. You will get that momentum. But in the beginning, it is going to feel really, really tough. And you're going to feel like you're writing to yourself, your girlfriend, your mom, like no one's going to read your stuff, listen to your stuff, whatever. But it's throughout that consistency. And I think the vulnerability, again, like paired together will help you establish an audience and, and get those um, forms of, I guess, validation. Yeah, no. And I don't know if this happened to you at all, but one thing that I found interesting is the same thing with me is like, you know, I started the podcast, I think we're about three months in now, about 500 uh, listens, which, you know, isn't that bad. Um, you know, but obviously the same thing goes through my head is like, is this ever going to take off by doing this for nothing? I'm, you know, 25 episodes pre-recorded, and, you know, I'm starting to like ask myself, okay, like how much further do I want to go already? And as much as I know that sort of my initial goal was get to a hundred episodes, there's still those questions in your head, like, oh, do I need to change things up? Do I need to do this? Is there something else that I can do? But um, to get to the point that I was trying to make is, I don't know if this happened to you, but what I found is that the people closest to me were the people I impacted first, which was actually something that I didn't expect at all. So yeah. like my mom and my aunt were two people that as soon as I started the podcast, they reached out and they were like, I heard this episode and it made me think about something differently. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't know if that happened to you, but it just, it's, it was interesting to me that as much as I was hoping to impact somebody probably halfway across the world, the people that I impacted most initially were the people closest to me. Yeah, hundred percent. That's funny. My mom literally just texted me that she's starting a, a mindfulness practice uh, and she's like the most <laughs> type A, go, go, go energy, like the energizer bunny type of person. And, and so it's so funny because I have released so much content and you know, they've, they've listened to some or read some or watched some or, and all the forms that I've created it. And you're right. I mean, I've had my aunt, I've had friends from high school, friends from college, just random people on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it does start really close to home and, and that's pretty cool to see that, that uh, ripple effect. No, definitely. So I just wanted to see, cause like I said, I don't know if I'm the only person, but I, I had a, a friend. Yeah, who's no, hundred percent. Like I said, people get inspired by what you're doing. So that, that's why you can't quit if you really want it because you're, you just, if you quit, then that next episode could be the one that goes viral or that blog post could be the one that makes it on the front page of Yahoo or whatever your goal is. Right. So it's important to, to know that if you really want it and you're committed to it, that, Sometimes you, you aren't going to get that validation, but you just have to keep going until you are, you know, you decide it's either not for you or, you know, this is it. So. Oh, hundred percent. So one thing that I've seen you share quite a bit on social recently, and, and I, I would like to touch on just a bit is you sort of talk about how you left a very comfortable, it seems like, and very well-paying job and took this leap. And when we've talked on the phone, this was something that really related to me as well, because I went from being a sales guy who, you know, made his a pretty good salary commission all that kind of stuff so now i'm working at a factory to make ends meet um while trying to chase you know the the dream of entrepreneurship and and all this sort of stuff and so for me you know i i just found it extremely relatable when you said you know you took that leap it was scary as hell at first but now it's starting to to pick up so if you wouldn't mind just sort of touching on that a bit because i can only imagine that there's some form of vulnerability when you decided to like leave something that was so comfortable Absolutely. Before I jump into that, are you trying to chase a dream or are you chasing the dream? <laughs> language, coming man, coming back at me. Coming back your brain, at me. Well, your brain is always listening. Yeah, and, yeah. And one of my coaches has caught me on that. He's a super successful entrepreneur. I've been writing with him for over a year now. Um, made his first million dollars in 14 months after years and years of struggling and all this. And anytime we get on a Zoom call or a phone call and I say I'm trying to do something, he, he catches me. Because again, your brain is always listening. And that's why NLP and learning these kind of patterns can play such a big, big part of it. So if you say I am chasing the dream, 
you know, that that's going to resonate. You keep saying that over and over again, it will help. So um, one thing for me though, is that, yeah, I I left a very, very, like, I I don't want to say like easy, but it came, I'd worked there for about six and a half years. So uh, I climbed from the you know bottom, like account management position to all the way to the top sales position uh, at Yelp.com. A uh, cool young startup company. I mean, we had ping pong tables, kegs in the office, a putting green. I mean, it was a joke. Like, it, it really, it was a great company, though. I mean, all my friends were my age. We were making money with stock options. We we had a very very comfortable uh, life. And you know, I, I'm a I'm a overachiever, and so I I did really good, and I climbed, and I learned some sales stuff, and but it, it just got to the point where I was like, this this cannot be the rest of my life. I literally had got to the top, and I'm like, I don't want to like manage people or be an executive, like. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, from uh, my first venture was like 15 years old. I was burned in CDs from Napster and selling them to my friends in <laughs> middle school, actually, not even high school. And then I got into eBay side hustling it in high school. And I kind of lost that dream after college because, uh, you know, you had bills. Yeah. Like had to like real world stuff all of a sudden. So I played it safe, got a job, did all that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, from the outside in, everything was great, right? I had the house, the BMW, as a homeowner at 27, like if things were going good. You got the six-figure job in your 20s, like what more could you want, right? Anytime I complained about it to, you know, my parents or even family, they'd be like, you need to be grateful and, and all this stuff. And it's not that I wasn't grateful. It's just that I wasn't aligned with what I wanted to do. And that feeling of being unaligned and, uh, and just feeling like I was going through the motions. I mean, it sucked the energy from me. I, I got started to get kind of depressed. I got a little bit, little bit overweight. Um, you know, I, I had to drag myself into the office every day. I would sit in the parking garage and I would just be like, what am I doing? Like it just, it ate me alive. So I didn't just sit there though and mope about it. I, I did something. And so the biggest thing that I did is I started trying everything. And so I tried all kinds of stuff. I bought a camera. I was like, maybe I could be do photography. I bought uh, a book on e-commerce and tried to do drop shipping from China. Um, you know, I got into personal finances. because so like, well, maybe I can just retire early. And I was like, well, the math doesn't add up here. I'm not going to be able to retire until I'm like 45 <laughs> or 50. And then that's like 20 more years of my life. I'm like, okay, what else can we do? Well, this entrepreneur thing, you know, all these people are talking about making money with blogs and writing. So maybe I'll try that. And uh, at the time I had a lot of personal finance. Like I said, I'd been just like obsessed with personal finance because I was like, why didn't I learn any of this in school? (laughs) And so I started helping my friends and helping my family. I was like readjusting 401ks. I was like doing all this stuff. And then I even published a book uh, to help millennials with personal finance. Like I was all in, I was the finance guy. Like you'd get me drunk at a bar and I'd be talking about your Roth IRAs. (laughs) And, uh, and then I was like, you know, I was everyone's like, you're really good at this. You become a financial advisor. I'm like, I don't want to wear a suit. Like that sounds like my nightmare. Like I want to wear a t-shirt and shorts like I am right now. And uh, so that kind of led it to starting that blog. And I started it four years ago, almost today actually, which is pretty cool. And uh, I started it while I was there. Uh, So that was January of 2016. I left my job May of 2017. And uh, I had just had no idea how this stuff worked. I didn't know how WordPress was. I didn't know anything about writing. I was a horrible writer. I had a mission. I wanted to help people with millennials with their finances, right? Like you see all those student debt numbers, all that stuff. So I was passionate about it. But as far as like the entrepreneur stuff and WordPress and make, building a business online, I didn't know how any of that worked. So what I kept doing though, is I kept saving money and saving money. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to quit. Like, I'm just going to figure this thing out. Like I have to burn the boats. and. Um, it was really at that time that 
I started to get into like motivation and personal development. I went to a Tony Robbins things, walked on fire, you know, I was feeling, feeling ready to conquer the world. And uh, yeah, finally I was ready to quit. And then I got a promotion and uh, <laughs> I, like, it, I literally got to like the next level of the, I was like at the, you know, the highest position, but there was like the senior version or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. so I was like, well, maybe I'll try it for two more months. And so yeah, I tried it for, I guess, one more quarter, uh, got a real nice check. And I was like, this is the sign that I'm going to, I have to leave. Like I, I can't just keep trading my dreams for money. And uh, yeah, so I, I quit. I had made $200 for my blog, um, probably money that like people had clicked on my ads or friends had bought an affiliate or something. I mean, it wasn't like I was like had any real presence online. I had one hit, one viral hit, quote unquote, um, get on like Rockstar Finance. So I had that little hit of dopamine that was like, whoa, this is cool. I can do this. <laughs> and my site traffic went up from like zero to like 4,000 in a day and then like back to zero a week later. But I, I had seen a glimmer of hope there. And yeah, so I left. People thought I was nuts. Um, part of me thought I was crazy. I mean, you know, walking away from a job that I had always wanted that job because that made the most money. And I was like, that's, that's what I, I can do this. Like what people told me I couldn't do it or I'm too young or not smart enough or not good enough sales, whatever. I just, I was like, I'm going to do it. And so it was pretty funny that I ended up quitting and like the next day I'm like, wait, what do I do now? Like, you know, I had saved a bunch of money, but I, I had, you know, bought some courses on Pinterest and blogging, but I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I'll figure this thing out. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the, the launch there. May 11th, 2017 uh, was the, the beginning of it all. So coming up on three years now. Wow. Geez. You know what? It's uh, so I just, this hit me right now because I didn't realize that when we had the, the call, but May 2017 is when I lost my job. <laughs> so it's funny to see like, you know, I, I've had this thing of like, you know, when is it going to hit? Like, you know, worrying about am I going after the, the right things? And even to go back to your question about like, are you trying to chase your dreams? Or are you chasing a dream? One thing that that really got me thinking when we had that phone call was trying to think about more about where I want to go and, and defining it a lot more clearly, because I think that that's part of the problem. And I think sort of where you're getting at too, with what you're saying is like, you jumped into a whole lot of different things just to try and try different things and see what might work. But I, I, I from what I got from that conversation and even from what we're talking about now, it seems like, you know, it's finally getting to a point where now you know where you want to go. You're morally, you're more aligned um, you know, than you were when you were working that job or even when you started sort of the entrepreneurship journey. But um, it's just crazy to me because like you said, you know, losing my job at the same time that you did, you know, we've now sort of been out of the, the uh, corporate world or whatever you want to call it for about the same time. And, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see like that you've got to this point, I'm still working on it, but you know, we all hit things at different times and at different points in our lives, but it's just interesting to see how much different people can get to different points depending on mm -hmm. sort of their focus and everything like that. So it's definitely yeah. making me think a, a lot more, which is good. And then that's something that I've found from every episode is that I learn more even about myself than, than, than mm -hmm. I thought I would. So, um, so yeah, yeah again, two, you know. two things there too, is that, you know, never compare yourself to anyone else. Cause I used to do that as well. And I'd be like, wow, this guy is, you know, 25, he's got a million dollars. I'm 30. What am I doing? Or this, this girl has this many followers and has been, and it's like, you cannot do that. And I did that for so long and it, it put me in such a negative disempowering state and when you ask yourself questions, your brain's going to answer. If you ask bad questions, it'll give you bad answers. If you ask good questions, it'll be a resourceful uh, you know, mechanism that can actually help you succeed. But 
I would say that, why am I not successful? And then you just go down all this laundry list. Cause when you pose a question to your brain, it will answer. And you have, if you don't ask the right ones, you're going to get the negative ones. So that was big for me as well. So just like understanding that, Hey, you know, we're all on our own schedule for sure. And then, Oh man, the second point was just right there. Um, but we'll have to come back to it, I guess. Cause yeah, I was just trying to <laughs> no think worries. of like, just like, Oh, actually here it is. So you said <laughs> starting with the end in mind, um, I, I'm a huge journaler and I just like have Google docs from like 2016, 2017. Um, you know, I created a bucket list in 2012, like all kinds of random stuff that I keep and I'll find these things. And it is astonishing how, how things can come together. Two examples. One of them was I want to own a black BMW, uh, in my twenties. I had wrote this down in an old Google doc in my like early twenties. I swear to God, I didn't even remember it. It was an old doc. I got a BMW, a black BMW at 28 years old. Like it was the weirdest thing. Um, another thing, like I had totally forgot about it. Another thing was I had created this like Google presentation basically for myself, I guess, of like what I want my life to look like as an entrepreneur, because I quit not only to build an online business, but to pursue professional golf. And I think that that, that was uh, really one of my biggest things is I, I gave up on that dream in college and I started to fall back in love with it when I, um, really was like trying all these new passion projects and all these things. And so I, I made that a point of like, Hey, here's what I want my life to look like. I want to be playing in these golf tournaments. I want to, you know, make money from my laptop. I want to be a freelance writer. Then I want to sell courses and then I want to have uh, coaching and I want to do all this stuff. And I created all this in 2017 and three years later, you know, I was just looking at it and like so much of it is right on. And so I think that's the power of really writing it down and then believing that it can happen and just, just staying consistent. None of it happened as fast as I wanted it to happen, but it all is happening in a way that I, is, that I'm seeing fit. And another one I had posted last year in my journal, I am, I'm creating a viral video. I didn't really give it much, much, uh, like specificity, but now I have a video on YouTube. Uh, I partnered with fearless motivation and it has 1.6 million views. And it's my voice, my content, and it's their video stuff. But it, that's reached a million, you know, over a million people in six months. All of that came, though, I think, from writing it down, and then your brain will help you find a way to make it happen. So starting with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey talks about, uh, is very, very important because it, it gives your uh, brain a destination for where you want to go. No, I, I, I've sort of, I, I, for the last few months, um, you know, my wife and I, we got a new puppy and we've been going through some uh, things in terms of uh, fertility. Um, and, and basically I've just been a little bit off for the last couple of months just because of everything else that's going on in my life that I need to take care of. But the one thing I will agree with is that at about, I think it was maybe mid November when things started to shift just based on getting the new puppy and everything. But before that, I was waking up at 5 a.m. every morning and I was journaling, I was reading, I was doing some working out, meditation. And then at the end of sort of this first hour of the day, I would sit down and I would write down three things that I wanted to accomplish that day. Just small, like sometimes it was nothing more than like fold the laundry or whatever. And what I noticed is that the more I did that, the more I was able to achieve. So I couldn't agree more in terms of, of writing down the things that you want. Even a coach that I've worked with, he really helped me get more alignment in my life by saying, you know, write down three things that you want to really prioritize in your life. And I remember when I did this, I think it was probably the beginning of 2018. And I wrote down, uh, show daily appreciation and gratitude to my wife, um, get my business, you know, more organized and, and just get my life more organized and so on. And I can't remember what the third one was at this point, but I just remember how I put it down on the piece of paper, the piece of paper got 
left in a pile on my desk. And then when I was cleaning up my desk about six months later, I found it and I was like, holy cow, everything that I wrote down here has happened in my life. You know, like the daily appreciation and gratitude was happening through these letters that I was writing to my wife. It helped me improve my relationship tenfold. And it, and so again, it's just, it's amazing how when you put it down on paper, even if you don't look at it, even if you just put it down somewhere, how it can actually help bring it to fruition. The other thing that I wanted to touch on that I really agree with as well. And so I wasn't trying to compare so much my story to yours, but and just that, more that was so really something I just wanted to put out there. Cause I know someone's doing that right now. Yeah. And so, and I, and I used to do it. So like, that's one of the biggest things is that when you learn to only compare yourself to your former self and you just congratulate yourself, everyone has a different karma. Everyone has different starting points. Everyone has different, different beginnings. And so it is so important to use your skill set to improve on your timeline. You are, not on anyone else's, you don't have to be married by a certain time, have a house by a certain time, have a million dollars by a certain time. You are on your own schedule. No, 100%. And, and one thing that I've said to people recently, because I couldn't agree more in terms of not comparing yourself to others, is that comparison is the thief of all joy. I don't know who said it. I don't know whose quote that I is, like but that. it's 100% the truth. And, and so like, yeah, what I was more just trying to get at, I guess, when I was saying that earlier is the fact that like, you know, even though we were both sort of left that that job or whatever it was back in 2017 or, or got in my case got let go it's amazing that you know only you know a few short years later we can still be doing these you know things that are improving our lives you know like things can change so quickly you know in in may of 2017 when i got let go from that job my mindset before that was i'm going to be a salesman for the rest of my life because that's the only thing i know how to do now i've began building a personal brand online i've started a podcast you know like it's just incredible to me that you know in a few short years that you know we can change so much and i think that was the point that i was trying to get at and just to see like you know again i guess it sounds like comparison in a sense but just to see like the incredible growth that other people have, have for me it's motivation because for me it's like if you can do it you know, then so can so many others and not to discount what you're doing or anything, but it's just, we're all capable of a lot more than I think we think we are. If that makes 100%, sense. I couldn't agree more. We're scratching a fraction. Most people are scratching a fraction of their potential. And I think a lot of that though comes from, you know, people were just indoctrinated that just play it safe, you know, get the, get the corporate job, climb the ladder, get the, get the picket fence and, you know, retire at 65. And it's like, man, we are, there's so everyone has a unique gift or set of gifts that can really make a difference. But most people never actually spend the time tapping into their greatness. So instead they go through life like zombies and then they wake up one day and it's too late. So that's like a message that I always try and get out there. And a good book for that is the five regrets of the dying. I don't know if you've read that one. No. Um, it's by Bronnie Ware. She was an Australian nurse who worked in, um, you know, people that are basically yeah, heard her on the school of greatness. Yeah. So they're on their last death. They're on their deathbed basically. And they all had the same five regrets. And the number one thing was not living a life true to yourself. And so that when I read that or heard that and just that I used to get the chills still, because that is to me, the biggest waste of a life is to wake up one day and it's just that you just wasted it. And so, you know, I just, you never know how long you got. And so for me, it's just to try and just every day get a little bit better and figure out what I'm here for and how I can help people. 
I, I, nobody can see me because obviously, like I said, the video is not maybe being put out at the same time as a podcast, but I got this grin on my face ear to ear, literally because everything you're saying right now, I feel like we should have been friends for years or something because I've literally said a lot of the same things to people recently in terms of like, I, I was talking to my dad about, you know, he's about to retire and, and I was saying, you know, like he's always wanted a Cadillac. I'm like, go buy a Cadillac. And he's like, oh, it's a lot of money. Da, da, da. And I'm like that you can always make more money, but you can never make more time. Yep. Right. And so right to your point. And he, and he turns to me and he goes, well, you, you know, you're only, you're in your thirties. You can say that it's easy. And I yeah, go, no totally. dad, I go, because I don't know if I'm going to go before you are. I go, so that's yeah. just an excuse that you're using to, to deflect what I'm saying. Right. So mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more in that book. I'm definitely going to go grab it because I've been using this app called we croak. Um, I've been using it probably for close to a year now. And what it does is it sends you five quotes per day that uh, make you basically contemplate death. So it makes you think about it. I know it sounds really dark. And when I say that to people, they have the exact same reaction. They're like, Oh my God, focus your energy on staying alive. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's, that's the thing. It's not, it sounds really dark, but it's not, it's just to remind you consistently every day that like you just said, you don't know when you're going to go. You don't know when it's going to be over. So most of them are very positive. It's not, like I said, it's not as dark as it sounds, but it's just, it's a good practice because again, it just reminds you that, you know, tomorrow is not promised. And so if you're going to live your life, live it today and continue to, to move forward, like you're saying, knowing that you need to go after the things that are going to make you happy. Because when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about, like you said, I should have owned a bigger house, had a nicer car, you know, made more money. You're going to be thinking about, I should have experienced this, spent more time with family and my loved ones. And these are the things that we're going to think about. So we should definitely shift the way we think. Because again, like you said, it, it, you don't know, you don't know when it's going to come. So everything that's that's happened, um, you know, like from the bullying to, you know, leaving that very comfortable job to, you know, sort of jumping into these unknowns that you have, how would you say all of that together? And I think you've sort of answered this already, but how would you say all of it has helped you get to where you're at right now with your, your freelancing, with your podcast, with all that? Yeah, I think it's just finally, uh, you know, got me into a place where I feel like I, I know what I'm what I'm here for and what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I think that like I, like we talked about earlier, it's just it's gonna be messy in the beginning. And uh, like you're you've probably just been for a lot of guys like a lot of guys too, because I don't know about you, but you know where I grew up, it was you don't talk about your feelings, you don't figure that. I mean, you know, now I'm like waking up and doing some self-hypnosis and going to yoga and like, you know, but also, you know it's like so, such stuff that like I would have never grown up with. Right. But now it's like a, a understanding, like, you know, everyone has feelings and like, and figuring out how you can use them and not let them use you. And I think that's really powerful. So for me, it's just like a, an increased self-awareness that I've never had before. And so when I do have a bad moment, I'm, I'm quick to catch it because I have such, I spent so much time understanding the thoughts and the, and just how the brain works as, as a you know, personal development writer. And so I think it's just helped me so much get to the point where I don't let, I don't have a whole bad day anymore. I might have a bad five, 10 minutes, but I'll, you know, do a breathing or walk away or, or whatever. And it's just having that increased self-awareness to know, why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? Like what's going on? So that way I can just get over stuff quicker. And that way I'm more I have like a larger tool set, if you will, for when life happens, because even if you're the most successful person in the world, life's always going to happen. I mean, billionaires still have problems, right? So it's important to have that belief in yourself and knowing this, that you have the ability to control your life and, and adapt quickly. And you don't have to let your circumstances determine how you're feeling or what you're doing. 
No, self-awareness is something that's come up over and over again in this podcast. And it's, it's, I, I, I think it's something that more of us should definitely focus on a bit and whether it's through meditation or whether it's through journaling or whatever way you find, but I think it's something that we all need to, to focus on a bit more. Um, just mm-hmm. because I, I think if, if, well, not that I think if it's come up in, you know, 15 episodes so far and, and, you know, like I said, I've got over 20 pre-recorded there's a good chance. I usually say when you hear something over and over again, there's a good chance that you, you need to be listening because it wouldn't be said over and over again if there wasn't any reason for it. So, um, yeah. Just, and I, I think that, yeah, if, they, if you hear it more than three times, the universe is trying to tell you something, right? So <laughs> listen a no. little bit, but I think that, uh, otherwise if you don't do all that stuff, then you just let, let your, your mood and your feelings determine what you do and you're just not going to live up to your full potential. So, I think for any guy that's out there listening, that's, you know, been taught to bury their feelings and get over it. Like it's just, it's, it's going to come back. And that's why you get angry or upset or, you know, all those feelings. Cause I felt them all. I used to be the angriest person alive. And I'm not going to say I don't have moments where, you know, some choice words still come out, but it's just changed. And, and that I think is a gift that everyone should give themselves because otherwise you are just not going to enjoy life as much as you could. No, hundred percent. I used to be the, one of the most miserable human beings I know, and I'm definitely <laughs> not anymore. So I couldn't agree more. So well, would you say at this point where you're at right now that you found success and fulfillment in your life or that you're still on the journey towards it? I don't know if you ever are just think you're, I feel like if you're just like, Oh, I'm good. Then, then you, if you stop growing, you're dying. And, and that I am just constantly chasing new things and, but I'm doing it in a much more focused way. So for a while I was chasing things with shiny object syndrome because I was like, Whoa, I really need to make some money here because I quit my job already and my savings were going down and the credit cards were getting hit. Like somebody stole the thing. So <laughs> for me, it is about constantly evolving though. I mean, I'm not going to like, if I'm in the same place I am next year at this time, I'm going to be pissed. I, I did not, I, I just can't even think about that. Like every year in December, like we were talking about before the call, I do like a recap on all areas of my life. And I just started that really three, maybe three, four years ago. And this December, I was so excited with how I couldn't even remember the guy from December of 2018. And so that's really important to me. I I mean, I definitely have found fulfillment and joy. I I mean, just to be able to talk to you on a podcast right now, we met a couple weeks ago. I know I am living out what I'm supposed to do. So I, I get so much fulfillment from that. I mean, I was so excited to share and help others because that is what I feel like I'm here for. So I think that that's a big part of it. But now for me, it's just about scaling it and getting in front of more people and bigger audiences and speaking on stages and just doing so much more stuff. I feel like I'm just getting started. So it's like once you kind of tap into your greatness, um, you're definitely not going to want to stay there because you, you don't want to be the same person the rest of your life, right? You always want to keep growing, getting uncomfortable. Like I, I signed up for a 21 day yoga challenge. Like I suck at yoga, right? <laughs> I used to. Now I'm just making myself do it. Like it's just about, constantly getting out of my comfort zone and anytime you just stay stay comfortable it's easy to start having some lazy thoughts and you're just not really doing it so for me it's constant growth constant evolving um, and usually that happens by changing your environment and being around new people that that's been a big one for me no no I, again I, I, literally like everything you're saying today i'm i couldn't agree with more and i feel like i'm i've experienced it or i've i've said the same thing or i've done sort of the same thing so it's 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 interesting to me like how you meet somebody like like you just said a couple of weeks ago on instagram somebody i would never probably have met otherwise because we live in two different places you know i'm up here in toronto canada and and you're in i think it was uh, phoenix if i if yep. i'm 
yeah so yeah, like i mean so. what are the chances that we would meet if it wasn't for social it's, and it's stuff the internet even, literally makes it all possible right 100 percent, right so down to the last few questions here um one of the last ones i like to ask is you know you, we've gone through this episode now there's a lot of things that people can take away from it if they were to listen back and take notes and everything but if you could give the listeners three key takeaways for them to start their own journey for them to get over whatever it is that they need to get over or, or face those vulnerabilities and turn them into something else, what would those three key takeaways be? I think first, the first thing is to slow down. Uh, slow down so you can speed up. Uh, I think a lot of times we're just go, 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 busy, busy, busy. You know, that, that isn't the way to do it. Billionaires didn't become billionaires by being busy, right? They, they used smart uh, tactics and strategies to get there. And so for me, I think that it's really important to slow down and evaluate where you're at right now. So where are you at physically, emotionally, mentally, just documenting it, like writing in a journal that you got at the 99 cent store has so much power to you. You don't need a bunch of money. You don't need apps. You don't need anything except your quiet space, which is huge because think about how loud the world is. Like we are constantly just bombarded with messages and TV and just everything is so loud. Most people never slow down and get in a quiet space because like we talked about, you're going to start to identify and hear some things that might scare you. <laughs> and so I know how it is, but that's the first step. So I think step one is identifying that. Step two, like we talked about, is identifying where you want to be at. You have to start with the end in mind because your brain is a goal-seeking organism. It is a mechanism that is primed and wired to make you successful or make you a failure. It's up to you how you use it. So asking yourself the right questions, writing down, you know, creating a vision board, thinking about where you want to be in one, three, five, ten years, and thinking about all the possibilities. Because like we talked about as well, most people are not living up to their true potential. So I think that is a very, very big key. So step one is identifying where you're at in all phases. Step two is getting super clear on it. And step three to me is just trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone. Whether it's visiting a hypnotherapist or working with a coach or, you know, doing new things like I talked about uh, meditation or going to a retreat or being around new people. Once you start to change your environment, your mind will start to evolve as well. And so it's just kind of like that thing where people talk about it's the you know five people you spend the most time with or determine everything. And it's true because it really just has a huge impact. So if you constantly are around broke people that are negative that's how you're going to be as well. If you're around people that are smoking cigarettes and drinking all the time, that's how you're going to be as well. And I know that because I've literally been that way. And I stopped hanging out with those people and I, I changed my environment so that way I could make room for new people that would help me out. So again, step one is to get clear or, and evaluate where you are. Step two is get where you want to be. And step three is just take new action and get out of your comfort zone. So that way you are not living the same life this time next year. No, awesome. Those are solid three. And and even for me, I'm just listening to them. I'm like, I need to write them down because I still have some work to do. And no, I know. And I still have some work to do. And I'm fine admitting that. I yeah, mean, we I'm always not, do. Yeah, we no, always have work to do, right? So, so the last thing isn't so much a question, but you know, you've taken the time to come on here today and, and share some of your story and speak with uh, uh, speak to my listeners and everything like that. So I want to give you an opportunity at the end of the episode here, just to promote everything that you're up to, uh, let people know where to find you, um, you know, any programs or anything that you want to talk about. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. Thanks again. I mean, I've had a great time. I've, I've learned a lot about myself in this one. And so, you know, a lot of the podcasts I've been on have been uh, more that are in my niche. So I think this is really good and helped me uh, with some potential writing topics for the future. So thank you again for having me on. 
Um, but yeah, so again, I am a freelance writer and then I have my brand, which is inspire your success. And that is where I help people build online writing businesses. So I have a couple different things. I'd say the best place to find me on, uh, as far as new content goes, if you go on to iTunes, um, my podcast, inspire your success, um, right on there. And I teach you all about freelancing, making money, writing, uh, and then I bring on guests as well. So I bring on successful bloggers, authors, writers, so that way you can get some motivation and inspiration uh, from them. So season two just launched uh, Mondays and Wednesdays are with me. And then Fridays we'll have some guests uh, as well. And then if you want to read some of my content, uh, probably the best place would be on medium. If you just type in Michael Leonard uh, on there. And again, I have a lot of new content coming out just because I am trying to make a very, excuse me, I am intentionally creating content that is much more vulnerable and uh, you know, hopefully it can help others find success. So yeah, podcast, Medium, and then again, if you have any other questions, you can always visit the uh, the home base there, inspireyoursuccess.com. Perfect. I'll I'll put all that in the show notes, and thanks again. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw uh, throw your Instagram in there. I don't know if there's any other ones that you're you're active on. Obviously, yeah, I, I guess I, I am active on it. I probably gave you. I'll, you're only supposed to give one call to action. I think I gave three. So yeah, if you're uh, <laughs> it's okay. on, if you're on the gram, it's at I am Michael Leonard. Um, my, uh, my assistant is uh, helping me get a lot more content out. So yeah, really focusing on Instagram hard in 2020 for the daily stuff. No, per perfect. So I'll make sure to put that in there as well. Thanks, man. Well, like I said, man, I, I, I'm really happy that you decided to come on. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, like I said, how quickly it happened. And, and now I, I look forward to continuing to build that relationship and that friendship because I, I, I don't know if I've had somebody else on the podcast where I'm like, it just seems so connected out of nowhere. Like it just, uh, yeah, this has been a fun one for me. And, uh, you know, that conversation, like I said, already got the, the, the wheels spinning and this conversation got it spinning even more. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see what 2020 has for both of us. And I can already tell just from what you shared today and from what I've seen so far, you're, you're, you're going to do big things and you're going to help a lot of people. So again, thank you for taking the time today and, and sharing so openly. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you having me on and thank you again, man. I know you're gonna have a huge 2020 as well. Thank you. Take care. All right, man. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.